This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Lillian Ahankin, a.k.a. Flex Mummy, is a social commentator, TV presenter, podcaster, media influencer, brand consultant, DJ, author, and founder. Flex was also named Instagram Australia's Young Entrepreneur 2020. She's widely known for her card game, Reflex, which is a part of Flex Factory, which is stocked in a range of stores across Australia. Today on How Do You Hustle, we speak to the one and only Flex. I have had her on my list since the day I started this podcast, so it's a huge achievement and everything she says just inspires me and continues to inspire me. I find her so motivating and it was really refreshing in this conversation to actually hear what that looks like. She's just achieved so much in her time on this earth and it's actually incredible to me. She obviously runs a very successful business as well and she's the CEO and she talks about that experience and some of the learning she's had in this interview. I hope you all enjoy. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording the Yugambeh people and paying respects to elders past, present and emerging. Flex, I am so happy to have you here. You are obviously a author, media personality, host, DJ and business owner. It's a lot to get through, but I'm so happy to have you here and you're someone I've wanted to have on the podcast for the longest time. So thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Can you tell us how you actually got started? Yes, I will do the really condensed version because it doesn't need to be complex. Um, But I was working in PR at the time. So I think I would have been like 19 or 20 working in PR after doing unpaid internships in PR for a year, maybe more. And then studying PR, but dropping out like three months in because I was like, I'll just get a job. I think I'll just learn on the go. So I remember being really burnt out because like I said a million times before, I didn't choose PR because I knew what it was. I was watching The Hills at the time and it was like this reality TV show on MTV and there was this big boss woman called Kelly Catrone. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, she's sick. Like we've got a matriarch energy and all she does is go to work, make stuff happen. She's amazing. She's um, uh, like a go-getter and just like a MacGyver of a person. And I was like, I want to do that. And even if I didn't aspire to be her, the women that worked for her, it seemed like all they did was get dressed up, go to work and rely on their social skills and their personality to for career progression. I was like, this is perfect. And then actual PR is not that at all. 
at least not as you know a junior in PR and then I was really burnt out and hating it and thought to myself maybe I just need another another job like a more fun one and so I started looking for another job and then I came across this listing for a door girl at a club and I was like yes sick I can be a door girl that's fun that sounds exactly like the archetype of the PR girls right you get dressed up you go to work you chit chat use your personality and so I did do that and then I met promoters because at this time almost 10 years ago now promoters were a really big thing like people you relied on to curate parties and curate people making friends with promoters and I let them know that I worked in PR and that I could give them tips on business management why what did I know <laughs> I was 20 <laughs> but I did, did you make it literally because I had ideas I'm like these are great ideas you should listen to me and the core thing or the cornerstone of what transitioned from that to flex is that they were booking DJs from nine to midnight. Nobody went to the club then. And so I would be working the door and nobody would be there. So there's no, DJs coming in to get to play me at the door, letting nobody in, everybody having like the worst time. And so I said, why don't you guys just save your money? You DJ from nine to 12, bring your own friends in, have your own kind of pre's just in the club, you know? they were kind of like we don't really want to dj though we want to hang out and not work and i was like well then you need to start providing a platform for newer djs or people that you can um assist who are going to appreciate the time slot not these well-seasoned djs who find it embarrassing to come and dj at a club at nine o'clock and nobody's there and they said well we don't know any up-and-coming djs and i was like i could dj Meanwhile, as it, like I'm employed by the venue, by the way, to be there from nine to three. And now I'm like offloading my services to DJ from nine to midnight. And then they said, do you know how to DJ? And I said, no, but I'm sure I could learn. And then I taught myself with a combination of YouTube um, and also asking the venue if I could go there during off hours to use the equipment. And they said, yes. And then and then I guess because at the time I was like 1920, a club kid, I was always out. I dressed in a really loud way. I was building a social network. And so when it came time to book jobs, it was an extension of what I had already been doing, showing up. And then I needed a DJ name. So those promoters who became friends, we created a round table and I said, I need a DJ name. Let's brainstorm. Flex. <laughs> It's evident you're obviously just that kind of a person that would look up some tutorials online and pick it up and you're obviously incredibly talented and that doesn't go unsaid. So did you have a lot of roles prior to your interning in PR that gave you some of that experience and knowledge? I always had, since I first got a job, two or more jobs. That was the standard. I worked at Sunglass Hut and then dropped Maccas. So I had Sunglass Hut and Diva. Then I worked at Chic for a couple of years. I worked at Zoo Shoes as like a 2IC. I used to make jewelry and sell jewelry like back in the days. Did you study straight out of school? How did that look for you? So straight after high school, I went to TAFE and then uh, enrolled in fashion business, but then never really attended and then dropped out uh, because I didn't want to be there anyway. <laughs> But I just kind of would go and like hang out in the library and then chat to people. And then anytime there was work to be done, I was like, this is not going to help me 
it's not going to help me do anything I need to do. So then I dropped out of that while still working my other jobs. And then I went to a college and was studying like business management and PR in hopes that it'd give me more insight on being a good publicist. And it did not. And so after a couple of months of not attending, I dropped out. But as a criteria of it, of taking that course, at one point you had to get an internship. I think it was like semester two or something but I had gotten one in anticipation of knowing that when everybody was trying to get one it would be really competitive so then I got a couple internships picked one that I felt was really good and by good I just felt like I was being given responsibilities um that were far greater than my title you know and by that I mean I was working there like it was my part-time job 20 hours a week (laughs) and being like oh my god they trust me they love me And then I think after a couple of months, maybe it was like six months of unpaid interning, maybe even more, maybe like nine at that particular job. Then they offered me a casual job there or like a part-time job. So I did that and my other things. Yeah. When you look back though, sometimes those unpaid roles where you were embedded in the inner workings of the business and doing some of that grunt work, you actually realize that there's so much value in that as long as it's obviously not exploiting anyone i think it's fundamentally it's exploitative on both sides but i think it's symbiotic you know the person seeking out an internship is attracting the person who's seeking to exploit the person seeking out the internship and vice versa i think an intern can often gather that i don't have any skills and i'm coming here with the sole purpose to extract value from your establishment Um, and i'm not really adding anything in particular hence the grunt work a business owner can see that they don't want to pay anyone to do said grunt work. And so you end up creating this really fruitful relationship where you're both extracting exactly what you need. Often it becomes toxic when one is extracting more than the other is hoping to give. And realistically, I think all labor should be paid for properly. And I like when people ask me now for career advice, I often say, you don't want to hear it because I did my best work when I was doing unpaid labor. And you don't want to do that, number one, especially not for how many years that I did it. Number two, um, I feel as though, I'm not going to say it's more competitive now than it was when we were in positions to do that. But I just think that when I was doing unpaid internships, I wasn't exposed to people like me in my age group who knew anything. So I didn't know it was exploitative. I just knew I didn't really want to do it that badly. And also I didn't have any exposure to young people doing cool shit, making their own money. I didn't know any like young CEOs, young authors, young business people. So it felt like that was a necessary step to get to the end goal. I think now people are exposed to so many success stories of people who could be their peers that they don't want to start where for the most part, a lot of us started. They want to kind of like jump up a few ranks, a few rungs and like get it pushing from the top of the food chain, which is really tricky to do. But I I commend anyone who wants to do it that way. So you must have such a busy schedule. You host a radio show, media events and run multiple digital channels and businesses, just to name a few. So how does that look? in your daily life while factoring in work-life balance? I would say I've co-created or even just curated a lifestyle for myself in which I don't have to be optimal to get career success. So I'm just not doing the 5 a.m. wake up, drink water, meditate, um, plan and structure 
lifestyle. And I think I used to bully myself a lot about not fitting that archetype very well, or at least I used to be really frustrated that my relationship to discipline wasn't so fine tuned in a way that I could just do these things that felt not only vital to career success, but like so essential um, and, and an Achilles heel. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So many like amazing like bits of knowledge that you're sharing today. And I think like our listeners and like business owners would just absolutely take so much from what you're saying. Like you're clearly someone who knows what, what they're talking about. You've done so much of this yourself. You've kind of done the hard yards. You're speaking on the topic of marketing being so important. And, you know, obviously you've worked in PR and marketing I have as well. And I can see that it like really does shine through in your personal brand and your platforms um, that you run and obviously the businesses as well. So like how crucial do you think it is to nail that online presence, the branding, 
these days, you know, even with design. How important do you think that is for people who are starting something out as well? If you're starting something out with no money, and when I say no money, I mean you're not a Nepo baby, you don't have friends and family that you can go and ask for $20,000, then the best thing you can do is not to be an expert at everything, but to be at least proficient in your understanding of how things work. Because the mistake that I've made time and time again in my business is one, assuming people know way more than I do. And of course people know stuff that I don't know, but when you're paying for that service, you know, when you're paying a Facebook ad agency or retainer of $5,000 a month, at the very least you're expecting to make that back minimum and then some, and then you don't. And so you're here assuming that, well, maybe I don't understand. And because I don't understand, I can't ask questions. I can't advocate for myself. I can't, I can't call out the inconsistencies. I can't request for, you know, a better result because I don't know what you're doing. And if I knew what you were doing, I'd be able to say, actually, you know, are you bidding against what cost per like cost per click? Is this cost per engagement? What's going on? And then suddenly we're having a productive conversation about what this transaction is for, right? I think it can go both ways. Some people want to do everything in a really stingy way. And as the saying goes, you have to make spend money to, to get money. But also I think fundamentally your business needs to have expenses right you know like it just is how business works and so if you're trying to avoid spending any money then you're going to you're going to start making decisions that aren't business minded which is not helpful on the other end if you get into the habit very early on of running your business in a very luxurious way and wanting to throw money at every minor inconvenience you also won't make any money true i also feel like If you're the business owner, you need to be the revenue builder. The things that you contribute to your business need to be making you money. You can't just be the ideas person. You can't just be the person that's there for vibes. You can't just be really good at admin. You can't just be a really good warehouse pick and packer. You on your own with no support, with no other resources, need to be able to make your business money. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Because what ends up happening is that you start outsourcing and you outsource in an inefficient way because you don't know how to brief, because you don't have an understanding of what your product is because somebody else made it. You don't have an understanding of what your unique selling point is because you don't know anything about the product. You don't have an understanding of what is a good price to pay for staff or for... um, uh for an office space because you didn't look at the invoice you have no idea and while it's flattering to be empty head and to not have an understanding of what's going on it's not good for long-term success i've made that mistake as well you get support and you think great i take it off my plate no if anything you add more to your plate because you're now delegating i will also say you know there is nothing like comprehension you just can't fake comprehension you either understand or you don't understand if someone was to ask you, um, you know, is that a good press release? You'd be like, yeah or no. Is that a good social media post? Yeah or no. You just have a natural understanding because you've been in this industry. Is that a good, is that a good podcast? Yeah. Is that exactly. person a great public speaker? Yeah, sure. I get a vibe. If you don't know, you then you can't make up for it in any other capacity. You just can't bypass the understanding. That's why, you know, um, for example, like when you when you talk to a graphic designer and you tell them like, what's the one thing that you hate that clients do? They'll all say the same thing. Every client with no graphic design experience will be like, can you just make it pop? 
You just want to make it pop. <laughs> pop is not a thing that you can do. What do you want to do? Do you want to make it more bold, more saturated, yeah. more angular? Do you want it to invoke a certain emotion? What are you asking for? What vibe it's do you It's almost the equivalent of... <laughs> yeah. It's the equivalent of, you know, if, you've, if you're someone who's worked in hospitality, you can tell when you're interacting with someone in that context who hasn't. If you're someone who's so worked true. in clothing retail, you can tell when you're interacting with someone who hasn't. You don't know the verbiage. You don't know the shared experience. Yeah. You don't get it. So when you're running a business and unfortunately you need to be the all-seeing eye because everything funnels through you, the best thing you can do is say, okay, I'm not going to become a graphic designer to make a t-shirt that's not necessary but then start mining information when you go to your when you go to google and, and type in theprintbar.com and you want to get a t-shirt made go talk to customer service and ask you know what weight is this t-shirt can i print color onto this t-shirt um is it gonna is it pre-shrunk is it gonna shrink in the wash like ask yourself questions so at least you're armed with knowledge and then you don't have to bypass uh, knowledge by becoming proficient in designing t-shirts from scratch to design a t-shirt true it's something like i just really i think it's so 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 important and to be honest if you can't if you're thinking oh you know i do a side hustle now and i um give i give people budgeting advice so they can buy a house because i'm currently budgeting for a house so i'm learning on the go that's fine right but how much better would it be if the information that you were giving you were sure was accurate, right? And so you start doing additional research. You say, well, I saw the cash rate went up 25 points and I was checking on the RBA this. And then I also said, uh, read that ING has a better interest rate for savings. Like that would make you way more proficient at running yeah. your business or giving a service, right? Not just being like, from my personal experience, yeah. XYZ. Your personal true. experience isn't a viable business. <laughs> it's very true and it's like I, I can imagine though when you're starting it's kind of like and you know from my own experience as well like it's hard to know what is good to outsource and what isn't and especially if you're not in this marketing social media bubble as well um it mm. could very easily sort of slip through the cracks um so I think it's sometimes good to speak even if it's just someone you know that works in those industries that can you can kind of sense check stuff um and run it yeah. past or even just sense check with you know I find that like let's say I wanted to um make my own fashion uh let, no let's do makeup I wanted to make my own makeup brand right and so you might be tempted to go to your friend who is the most proficient person in makeup you know and ask them a bunch of questions hmm. you don't know if your friend will ever buy from you your That's friend true. is also biased they they might not trust your like your ability to make this come true or whatever what i would do then is say if i don't know what i don't know then go and seek out more of what you want to understand yeah, so your let's target say I wanted audience. to make the the glossiest lip gloss ever i would google what's the glossiest lip gloss ever right now what's the top 10 then go through and suss them why are they different what's making them heaps glossy is that one got oil in it is that why is that one a balm is that why 
Okay, cool. Then I'm gonna go to all those Facebook groups of makeup enthusiasts and I'm gonna ask them questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna oversee what they're talking about. Why they don't like this Glossier brand. Why do you like Rare Beauty? That's so interesting. Then I'm gonna go to TikTok where everyone is yip-yapping in the comments <laughs> and I'm gonna start a conversation. Oh, I saw that YSL lip gloss. I saw that Dior lip oil. Is it even good? And you're gonna mine data that way. Smart. Then at, let's say at the very least, if you're gonna to go to a, a manufacturer, you can say, hey, here's everything I've known about what I do and don't want my lip gloss to be like. I want it to be really glossy, but I don't want it to be sticky. I want it to be um, really uh, glittery, but I want to compromise on the shine. And then they'll tell you, well, this is what you need to consider. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think people often want to bypass any of like the actual work required to ensure that they're not just like throwing shit at a wall and seeing if it sticks. There is ways to kind of see if something is a good idea or a bad idea before you outlay all your time, money and energy into it. That is really good advice. That's almost like market research, but for free. So I think we are so lucky yeah. that we have <laughs> social media. I mean, obviously it's got its down down falls but like I feel like it's a resource that we can all use for whatever projects we're working on whatever creative endeavors we have as well um so like going back to your own kind of projects and focuses what are your biggest focuses for 2023 and like where do you see yourself going with your businesses and where are you funneling the most energy like I know you also obviously um do hosting and you know media appearances like where are you kind of really focusing your energy and time at this point focusing my energy on anything that's owned completely by me I think that part of the really flattering and validating part of being highly sought after and exchanging your services for cash in a frequent way is that you you get so like it's not rose-colored glasses, but you forget it's a transaction. Mm. You get so stuck in the flattery of it all. Like, oh my goodness, this person is going to pay me for my thoughts. They're going to pay me to promote their product. They're going to pay me. And it's like, okay, well, what you're doing is you're not, you're not identifying the transaction. In order for a business or a well-run business, one that's concerned with making sure that they're making decisions that are like profitable and whatever, whatever, is that a lot of businesses won't outlay expenses without an expectation of a return. So if you can get paid $1,000 for a social post, that means they're expecting not to make $1,000 back, probably to make two, three, four thousand $4,000 off you. And what are you giving in exchange for that? Yeah, you got your one-time fee and you know you got your little, your little lip gloss to go with it. But what they've got is, let's use myself for an example. They've got my face, they've got my likeness, they've got the IP True. of what I've created. They've got all the intangible value associated with my character. They're gonna be a, seen to be more inclusive, more size inclusive, more culturally inclusive, more woke, more progressive, more creative, more interesting, more aligned with youth culture and entertainment culture. Was it really worth that that transaction? If you really think about it, if every time for the next six months they're allowed to use your likeness, they can say, well, we love Flex, who was also on Big Brother. Well, we love Flex, who's also on a national radio show with Frooms. And we love Frooms, who was seen with Flex in this amazing video they posted for their national radio show. You know, we also love Flex 
Alex, who's at Coachella right now. Doesn't she look amazing? And then so everything you end up doing becomes this like web mm. of all the ways this brand can continue to um, leverage off your process, true, right? And so you start to think it's like 1,000 sounds like a lot when it's just the transaction. If that transaction existed in a little window or a little like box, never to be seen by anyone who wasn't meant to be targeted in that one transaction, sure. But it, it's like this beast that um, multiplies and yeah. multiplies. And then before you know it, you're walking down the street and your face is being used in a billboard and you're like, whoa, what's the usage on that? And then it says perpetuity. Yeah, wow. And then you think about when you were 20, you didn't know what perpetuity meant. And now this corporation gets to use your face forever. You know? Wow. <laughs> so I think it's a nice, it's like such a blessing and a treat and a yeah. privilege to be able to have access to have your likeness be worth so much in a monetary way right but i think if i'm thinking long term it's like i need equity yeah and the way i have equity is if i own it Your myself from the yeah. ground up i make the decisions i leverage my own skills and my resource and my time in a way that i am also in full control of the outcome of it as well i think that sometimes well the issue that i found working with you know other companies and corporations is that you know you can presume you're on the same page. You can presume that this person is going to handle my brand with the utmost care because they respect it like I respect it. And realistically, you're a statistic. You're just a number. You're like a marketing activity. They don't care. And, you know, the internet is a lawless place. It's an unsafe place. And it's not one where I think a lot of brands are considered are considerate of exposing you to these mm. things, you know? Like, you might have, for example, wow. I feel like let's say I do a huge fashion campaign, right? And just the week before, the brand's been involved in some kind of scandal. And so now all of my content is the first thing on their page. And so my, or I'm copying the abuse in lieu of oh the gosh. brand because they've used my likeness and because the brand doesn't have a face to go with it, they've just used mine. I'm now the face of said brand, which means I'm now responsible for said brand. And in my DS, people are like, well, why don't you say something? Why don't you oh do gosh. something? Why don't you speak up? And I'm like, okay, so when your boss is acting crazy, do you have to step up as no. a representative of your boss? No, because you recognize there's personal and professional separation. There's no expectation of you to step up and decide on behalf of the corporation that hires you to take a stance but with me it's like oh wait no you've got to say something you've got to do something you've got to be something i say let me live and so you're doing you now doing the priorities yeah, yeah i'm doing me and remaining wholly responsible but also leveraging in the right way and then feeling as though i am as obligated to the success of my not only me and my business, but the people who work with me as well. Like mm. that is way more important to me um, than some random person cold emailing me for the first time being like, we really love you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like the other part of it is when you're working with other brands, like you're not getting that income from promoting the products. If you're promoting your own products and your, your own projects, like that, you know, directly benefits you so it makes sense to focus your energy on your own projects now but maybe and you also know, before the decision that, fatigue of working with other brands yeah. you know like the process is never seamless ever 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 yeah, it's often quite full of friction and a lot of miscommunication and a lot of um unmet expectations yeah. misplaced responsibilities all of these things and so by the time you get to the end 
of a project, you're like, I don't have the energy to post for my own entertainment. I don't have the energy to nurture my own audience. I spent everything I had physically, spiritually, you know, emotionally on trying to make this random corporation happy. What's the point? I want to get on my little Instagram, talk about Twilight, post some feet pics. Yeah. And then be like, hey, look at these cute earrings and then call it a day. Keep pushing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And like, I feel like I speak for so many people, like so many of my friends, so many of my peers, like business owners I speak to, like everyone loves you. And especially like your content is so authentic. Like that is who you are. People resonate with what you say. So I think like, it's so great that you've kind of noticed that you were maybe in some instances giving too much outside of that. And, you know, at the same time, it is about like, also, as you said, taking care of flex and like not burning yourself out on things that aren't important and don't matter and don't bring you joy and prosperity. (laughs) Literally. And everyone's going to find what that looks like for themselves. Totally. I, I was talking to a friend the other day, um, and I was telling her that I started making like a personal shift a couple years ago to try not to give unsolicited advice. Yeah. Just respecting the fact that people got to do things in their own way and in the way that works for themselves. And so when it's requested, I'll do it. I'll give it like it's my job. <laughs> but when it's not, it's not because I recognize the dissonance between how I view life and how life is. Yeah. And I think that in my head i operate life with the privilege of a white man because i refuse to um i refuse to live in reality you know i I totally understand the systems and structures in place that limit me from ever achieving the same goals as certain counterparts i totally get that but for me i have to start bulldozing and not everyone can do that because bulldozers like they get hurt in the process they're just not sentient so they can't tell you but they're hurting it sucks it's relentless and whatever and so when it comes to career advice, especially, especially conventional, not especially, sorry, unconventional, modern career advice, you're allowed to really do whatever you want. But when you're reinventing the wheel, that means you have to start from scratch. And that is the one thing people, people keep missing. You can't bypass beginning. You can't bypass True. infancy. You can't bypass childhood, adolescence, adulthood. You have to do all the steps to get to the destination. Yeah. Whether you want to go to adolescence first, like you'll find you're going to hit a roadblock that's going to take you back down to infancy and then you need to start again. I'm not the type of person that's like, oh my God, love the journey. I hate the journey. I don't (laughs) want to do the journey. But one day you'll thank yourself that that huge mistake you made only reached a thousand people. only reached you know you only lost a hundred dollars because one day you're gonna get to a decision speaking from my own experience you're gonna rush yourself into something because your ego is telling you amazing it's amazing you're not gonna read your contracts properly you're gonna want to break a contract it's gonna cost you twenty five thousand dollars you're gonna lose the money that you thought you were gonna make you have to start from scratch well over the course of a year is that fun no just take your time and realize that you have more time than you have i think like for a lot of people as well the time that you spent mulling over the idea not really starting on it 
asking your friends about it, feeling disheartened, then feeling motivated. Someone's done it, failed, done it again, failed the second time on their fifth idea. It's true. Executing. And for that reason, there's so much uh, more ahead in their journey than you will be. And so if you have this fear of failure, maybe it's a fear of success, who knows what it means. It's respecting where you are on your journey and respecting your lane. It's sometimes when I have to humble myself sometimes and I think, you know, I want insert career goal that (laughs) like I think of career goals I have that only like 60 year olds have because they've been working for 45 years. And I'm like, okay, I need to respect my lane right now. I haven't worked as hard or, or as long as they have. And similarly, if you're just starting out your new side hustle, maybe don't look at Flex's Instagram and think, I want to do what she's doing. <laughs> respect your lane. Exactly. You know, you got to respect the CV sometimes and say, like, I remember somebody asked me one time, like, do you feel annoyed when people call you an influencer? And I'm like, no, because it at one point it really frustrated me because I was thinking, like, maybe I wouldn't have DJed for almost a decade and yeah. done hosting and presenting for five years and started a bajillion businesses if all I had to do was be an influencer to be regarded as like important or worthy wow, of like yeah. working with. But the fact is, if that's the case, if it was in conjunction with doing all these things just to be called an influencer, let me just leverage it then. What's there to be mad about? Definitely. <laughs> Let's get this bread. <laughs> is there like a highlight? Like I know you're such a like kind of um, analytical and like introspective kind of person. So like, has there been something in your career that's really just been a moment you wish you could relive and you wish like you could almost just frame it and like put it in a bottle? No. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, do you know why I say that though? You've had a lot. I don't like, but I don't like work. I don't like working. (laughs) I wouldn't, I wouldn't work. Like for me, if I'm going to be honest, yeah. working is a is a necessary journey to making money. And the only reason why I want to make money is so I have access to a lifestyle that wasn't the one I grew up with. It wasn't the one my mum had. It's not the one my relatives have. It's not the one the majority have. I want to live a life of leisure. <laughs> I want to live a life of excess, comfort. And unfortunately, in the way that I want it, I have to do these things. I have to quote unquote, have to make a certain amount of money, commit to a certain level of output to get there. If that wasn't necessary, then I wouldn't do it. You know, like some people believe in hypergamy. Some people believe in marrying rich or dating up. That's hard work as well. I don't have the capacity for that. Like in order to go find a rich person who wants to marry me, then be signed in to get the benefits. That's hard work. I don't want to do that. And so the thing that I've had to do, and if you had asked me this question five years ago, I probably would have been able to think of something. But fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not sure. Once you hit a lot of career milestones, it feels the same. Yeah. And by that, wow. I mean, in my in my biological body, like I only have the capacity to feel so much happiness and so much sadness, right? We all do. True. We have a happiness set point. No matter how good you feel, how bad you feel, it always comes back to neutral. And with that in mind... You know, I think that I've been able to have quite a neutral perspective in retrospect because the journey to get there, it wasn't like exciting and like really fun. What's Mm -hmm. exciting to me is like going on holidays with my friends (laughs) and because it wasn't exciting. I, for the first 
five years of my career. I didn't go to any friends' birthdays. I didn't take any breaks. I didn't take any holidays. I worked every single day. I stressed myself out. I burnt out. I made myself sick. It wasn't fun. And so, of course, I did all those things to get to the goal. But when I got to the goal, I was like, of course I would win this award. I worked so hard. Yeah. Of course I would get a book deal. You don't see how hard I worked. You loved it. (laughs) What are you talking about? Like, of course, this is warranted. This is the natural progression of the work and the effort I put in. So I wouldn't. And I think that, like, that to me is what's motivating me now. Because my motivation in the last, I would say before 2020, 2020 even, my motivation was um, upward mobility always in terms of career progression. I want to do the next coolest thing, the next coolest thing, the next coolest thing, the next coolest thing. And then I, but I also want to be alive until I'm a hundred and I don't (laughs) want to be doing the next coolest thing till a hundred. The next stage is like contentment, but also sustainable and self-sustaining as well. These things just have to move regardless. I know the career goal I'm going to bottle up is in five years time when I own all my little e-commerce businesses and every day I go into my, not every day, (laughs) once a week I go into my amazing office and I kiki with my staff and we brainstorm, we come up with amazing ideas and then I say, hey, so I'm going away for a month. (laughs) Good luck. offline. (laughs) And when I come back, we'll talk about launching that new thing. Love that. And then I'm going to go away for a month and I'm going to be like, Uh, I'm with my best friend in Monaco and then I'm going to go to Paraguay and then I'm going to call my husband and be like, oh my goodness, come to Paraguay. It's so sick. And then he's going to get there and then we're going to make like matching bracelets, like beaded ones that say like, I love you. (laughs) Um, And then I'm going to come back to Sydney, go and then like stop by and say hello to my friends and then go to um, Byron for a bit and then I'm going to be wearing a caftan with my two chihuahuas and then like walking down the boardwalk waving to everyone everyone's like hey Flex I'm like hey how you guys been <laughs> that's what I'm going to bottle up I love that and you know what <laughs> and it's going to be amazing I have every faith like you're I feel like you're a manifesto you're going to you're going to have that <laughs> and I can't wait mm-hmm. to see it and I can be like she said she would do that um, she said it <laughs> But you have to like want it to get there. You know, you have to know what that goal is. And I think I honestly take so much from what you just said about it's true. Like once you reach those peaks, you realize sometimes that's not actually what's going to make you happy. That's like there's so much more to it. So I think that that's like, you know, at at this age to realize that is like powerful. And I think like a good yeah. thing, a good thing. Um, so it might make you happy, but I think you want to be happy in a way that is number one is easier to control mm. and is easier to achieve. You yeah. know, like if you got to start a new business every time you want to be happy, no, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go to Harris farm and get some grapes and I want that to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes those are the things that make you the most happy as well for real so if our listeners want to find um your businesses online or buy some of your amazing products that i'm you're wearing right now um where can they go I say just go to flex.mami on Instagram and come hang first <laughs> you know it's been really good these days I feel like I'm I've curated a really um 
fun place to be online. You because have. Because for a second there, I let the internet get me down. And I was like, oh my God, this place is accessible. And then I was like, no, let's create this fantastical ecosystem where we can have fun here. The greater, like TikTok will throw be accessible. But my on Instagram, let's just keep it fun, fresh, cute, and a bit like neurotic. You know, come hang there, catch a vibe and then like, see if you want to stay. Yeah, I know. I, I've said that on this interview already, but yeah, I've followed you for years and like hand on heart, I can say you're one of my favorite people to follow. And, um, I followed you through all of those times, but yeah, it's, it's great. So I'd encourage everyone as well. Um, amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on and like, my pleasure. You have so much knowledge and I think like there's so much people can take from you and I just can't wait to see you in Monaco <laughs> with your two hours. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to Panama and build an earth house. Like, guys, it's just really cool to do something with your hands. Come join me. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. What an amazing interview. I absolutely loved every minute of that one and definitely has to be one of the highlights of How Do You Hustle. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did and I really learned a lot about Flex in that interview. I feel like she really held nothing back and I really do look forward to seeing what she does next. If you would like to follow Flex Mummy and follow along with all of the fun, you can go to at flex.mummy, as she said, and you can also go to her website, flexmummy.com. I also love listening to her and Frooms's podcast on Apple Podcasts. I listen to it regularly. I think it's on Spotify as well. They talk about so many different topics and just explore different concepts and ideologies. So definitely a good one to check out as well. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking to you all soon and let me know what you think about the podcast. You can follow us at How Do You Hustle on Instagram or TikTok. Go to Spotify and give us a nice five-star rating for this episode or follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.